Welcome to the Faith to You podcast. We're continuing our series through Romans chapter 8, where we try to answer the question, I'm saved, now what? This is part 11, and we're going to be talking today about the help of the Spirit. Have you ever been in a conversation where you were totally misunderstood? What you're trying to say is not what the other party heard. You know, words are awkward things. It's difficult at times to convey the thoughts that we have in our head so the person that we're talking to understands this. This is especially true in marriage. If you're married, there's probably been a time in your life where you felt like, I have, I have this feeling, I have this truth, I have this thought I want to communicate to my spouse, but I don't know what words to use to say it. I find oftentimes in, in counseling situations, as I'm, as I'm thinking about what I should say, I'm praying, Lord, give me words. And, and oftentimes I'll have an idea of what I want to communicate, um, but the words to communicate that idea are what is difficult. Now, what about in, in prayer? Have you ever wondered, what if I don't say the right thing? What if, what if I say the wrong words to convey really what my heart is? Have you, have you ever worried about using the right words in prayer. In Romans chapter 8, we find that's not a worry that new creations need to have. That's not a worry that we as new covenant believers need to have. It says this in Romans 8, 26 through 27, in the same way the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know, your words will always fall short of conveying what needs to be said in prayer. You're never going to reach that point where you've perfectly communicated to God what your heart is, um, what you're feeling, what you're wanting, what you're desiring, what you're needing. Your words are always going to fall short of that. But Paul reminds us to take heart because the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. Now, it'd be easy to hear that and respond this way, to think, well, then maybe I don't even need to pray. The Spirit has my back. He'll pray for me. He'll go to God um, whenever I need him to pray. I want you to understand that this communication is happening in the context of our prayers. As we're seeking to convey our own heart to God, the Spirit communicates really what needs to be said in those prayers. We see throughout Scripture that we're challenged to pray without ceasing, to have a to be in a spirit of continual prayer, and and prayer is important because it's our communication to our heavenly Father of our need. We're letting Him know, "I need you. I can't do this on my own." Jesus taught us in, in Luke 18, verse 1, that we should pray always and not lose heart. And so, as we're praying always and not losing heart, the Spirit Himself is praying for us in those prayers. As we're praying, he is praying. This, is, this isn't a ticket to stop praying. And if you're a new creation, you want to pray. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, your desire, your passion is to communicate with the one who loves you the most. So understand this. The Holy Spirit sort of takes you by the hand as you walk into the throne room. He acts as our advocate, our interceder in that throne room as we enter into prayer. Now there's two things that this passage teaches us about how the Holy Spirit prays. So first thing it tells us is the Holy Spirit prays with unspoken groanings. And what this is, these are the, these are the thoughts of our heart that are too deep for our words to express. 
Yeah, you've heard the expression, you know, words cannot express. Well, that's true. There's a certain place where my words can't express the groaning of my heart, the desire of my heart, the longing of my heart, the pain of my heart. And the Spirit communicates those to the Lord as I'm entering into prayer. These are prayers that are too deep for words. Um, have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had a, a time where like something was off, you just felt down, but you couldn't really put into words what was wrong, what was going on? The Spirit prays for you in those moments. Get on your knees and, and say the words that you know to say. Say the words that you can say. And understand the, prayer, the Spirit is communicating. He's deciphering. He's uh, helping translate into the heart of God what's on your heart, what's in your mind. The second thing we see here is that he intercedes according to God's will. So, so the Spirit's not going to God and saying, you know what, Caleb really wants this, God. I think you should give it to him. He's searching my heart, and he's seen there, because I'm a new creation, that I have desires. I have deep desires for the Lord, for his kingdom to come, for his glory to be shown. And I don't know how to express those. And sometimes I don't even fully understand that that's what I'm feeling, and that's why I'm in turmoil. And so the Spirit communicates to God. He intercedes for me according to God's will. He's communicating. His prayer is not according to my will, but according to God's will. Why is that important? Well, what does the scripture teach? It says in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have if we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. But what does that mean? It means because the Holy Spirit is praying according to God's will, it will be done. It's going to happen. His prayer request is going to be answered, and help is on the way. I want you to pray with that in mind continually. God hears. God responds. God sends help. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 25, verse 17, and it says this, My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. The distress of my heart increase. Bring me out of my suffering. I love this attitude, and this is the attitude of a prayer warrior. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet from the net. David is saying, I'm going to lift my eyes up to the Lord because he's my rescuer. I can't rescue myself. And one of the ways that we express that is in our prayers, understanding as I don't communicate fully what I need or what I'm feeling, the Spirit does and help is on the way. Another psalm that I love is Psalm 121, where the psalmist writes, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As we pray, the Spirit is telling God what we need. He's telling the Lord what help we need, and then he helps us. He is the helper. The passage started by saying this, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think of for a minute about that word weakness. You know, in our modern culture, the word weak is a bad word. In scripture, it's a good word. And the reason it's a good word is because we need to be weak. We need to be weak people in order to be useful for the kingdom. What do I mean? Well, 
Paul had an affliction in his life. He says a thorn in his flesh was given to him to buffet him. And he said this was lest he grow elated beyond measure, lest he got too excited about the visions that God had given him. God broke him down by sending a trial and it weakened him. But Paul learned this through that lesson. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, My grace, the Lord is speaking to Paul, and he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why is that true? Why is it that Paul can glory or take pleasure in weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, difficulties for the sake of Christ? It's because when you're going through that, you just have no strength. There's just no, there's no power in yourself to go on. And it's in that moment when you have no strength, you have no power in that moment to go on, that you're most dependent upon the Lord. Lord, I can't do this. I need you. Weakness is essential for the Christian because it's in our weakness that we're most dependent. And that's why Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And that's why God has chosen, it says this in 1 Corinthians 1.27, he's chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing, what is viewed as something so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Christ has become our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. In other words, Jesus does it all. All the work is his. All the glory is his. My justification, his work. My sanctification, my growth and righteousness is because of him, because of his strength. And that's why I can say when I'm weak, I'm strong because it's there that I'm most dependent upon him. So enter into prayer weakly. <laughs> enter into prayer without any strength. And you know what? The Spirit will lift you up. The Spirit will communicate to the Father what you need. And help is on the way. Thank you for listening to me today.